Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by guest speaker Danica Thurber. Enjoy. I haven't spoken yet. Apparently, they just let anybody up here nowadays. Hi, I'm Danica. I'm the Vine Arts Ministry Director, as Trevor said. Um, if you're in the room or online, can you just do a shout out? If you are a creative person, any creative people in the house? Woo woo! Woo! Awesome! There's quite a few of you. That actually was kind of a trick question, though, because I think everyone should be shouting out. The thing is, God created you, so you are creative because we have a very creative God, right? And here's a chance for all of you to um, share your creativity with everyone else. Um, We have an upcoming show. It's called Psalm 23. If you're not familiar, that's the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down green pastures. Here it is. Look it up. There's so much imagery to draw from. We're looking for both performance and gallery entries. So performance would be spoken word, music or vocals, skits, film, dance, any combination of those. That deadline's coming up soon. It's the end of the month, so got thinking here. Visual art and writing entries for the gallery, that drop-off is coming up in September, and that includes framed or bound writing, painting, drawing, sculpture, textiles, the normal, the usual. Um, And it's important that you know that all ages and all skill levels can participate in these. We're um, a different kind of an arts organization that everybody can do it. I saw some elbow nudges going on. That's that's right. Nudge the person next to you. And uh, to learn more, just go to that QR code, use your phone to scan, or go to vineartsboise.org. The other cool thing about this is that um, we have an opening night. It's Thursday, September 21st at 6.30, and it's going to be here in the sanctuary because we have a large dance performance coming that's already in the works. We also have a new um, or a special thing going on. This is a a sacred show, meaning it's inspired by scripture. And um, we wanted to include a worship set in the opening night. And this worship set is going to be all female-led. So voices, again, yes, go ladies, yeah. (laughs) So these are voices you don't normally hear, but I'm so excited to see how God speaks through them and moves through them. So save the date. Even if you don't participate, come to that. It's going to be amazing. All right, as Pastor Trevor said, this summer we're going through a series called Anchor Passages, and these are verses in Scripture that we come back to again and again, especially in times of storms. Today we're going to look at another psalm, and it's Psalm 139. It's all about being known. I always come back to Psalm 139. So usually at the first of the month, there's baby dedications. There were no babies available today. (laughs) So I decided to show you my own. This is, uh, my guys, this is Tony and Alistair. He just turned two this week, which is crazy to me, yeah. So um, you can see above, there's a pregnancy announcement. That's how Tony and I chose to, you know, tell the world that we were pregnant. Um, You can see my shirt. It's a little bit faint. It says, fearfully, wonderfully made. That's Psalm 139. The thing is, when I was pregnant with Alistair, I had no problem believing this baby was fearfully and wonderfully made. He's a toddler now. (laughs) 
So there are some times, he's a great kid, but there are some times I do have to remind myself, he's fearfully and wonderfully made. To be honest, I do that with, hus- with my husband every now and then. Sorry, babe. I think he's changing his diaper, so whew, don't tell him. <laughs> it's easy to believe of an innocent newborn that they're fearfully and wonderfully made. It's a little bit harder to believe that of other grown-ups around us, but I think it's the hardest to believe it of ourselves, right? Today we're going to walk slowly through Psalm 139. We're going to look at how God knows us fully and how that makes a difference in our lives, our identity, our hurts, and our calling. Look with me at verses 1 through 12 in Psalm 139. This is from the NIV. Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. If you remember in January, we did a sermon series on Jonah, the book of Jonah. That's the guy who tried to run from God. Psalm 139 is written by a guy named David, and he has the opposite view. He didn't even try. He's like, where can I go? There's no place to go. I want to show you a painting I made inspired by Psalm 139. Um, And you're going to see a lot of art today because, well, here we are. This is called He Knows My Name. It's about the father who sees me. I'm the apple of his eye. It's impactful and it's beautiful. And it's actually really cool to see all kinds of people, not even Christians, react to this painting. They really feel a connection to it. But as I've grown in my faith, in my walk with God, I also see something in this painting that's like a disconnect. The Father sees me, but I'm unaware. There's distance. I see my 2008 self saying, Father God sees me, he knows me, he set his sight on me, but is he really coming? Does he really care? Maybe you know that God is in you, with you, around you, but you don't know that, because there's a difference, isn't there? Maybe you're thinking, sure, if God knows me fully, why isn't the Psalm 139 kind of intimacy my everyday experience? Maybe you're asking God, the artist, did you make your art and then put me aside in a closet or attic, forgotten? What I was going through when I painted He Knows My Name was my first of many battles with anxiety and depression. It started when I was 12 and I lost my dad suddenly to a heart attack. My world was suddenly very different. 
I grew up in church, and my identity was as a good Christian girl who knew what's right, who always does what's right, and I knew my dad was in heaven, and the Bible says, do not grieve as those who don't have hope. And so I felt I had no permission to be distraught. So I pretended to be fine. I told myself that I needed to grow up and take care of my mom and my siblings, but the reality was that I needed to hold it together because I was afraid of the darkness inside of me that would consume me and never stop. I spent my teenage years unknown. I became wrapped up in lies the enemy whispered in the darkness. No one knew my insides, and that was on purpose. I was wearing a mask. I had built up many walls. I was a plaster heart with a lock and no key. No one gets inside. I, in uh, 2009, I was a freshman in college. I was looking for a church because that's what good little Christian girls do. And uh, a college ministry found me. I say found because, <laughs> well, you'll see. It's called Chi Alpha. It was a college ministry on that campus. And these people just scared me to pieces. They were like Christians I had never known before. They would tell me all about their stuff, and they wanted to know all about mine. And it was terrifying. <laughs> Somehow or other, they, they got me to fall camp. And I held it together at a friendly but nice distance. And then Sunday session came before going home. We're worshiping. And I felt God very clearly say in my spirit, and that was new to me back then. He said very clearly, stand up and tell everyone your darkness. Um, no. <laughs> For the first time, I said no to God. I sat down and I folded my hands. I was hunched over. I looked very pious. And I pleaded, no. In my spirit, I saw a crossroads with death on each side. On one side, there was death to my reputation as a good Christian girl who had it all together. On the other side was death because of the darkness inside of me and the things that it was leading me towards. I felt paralyzed and I didn't know what to do. So I hunched over more. <laughs> I could hear that worship song wrapping up, and I was thinking, okay, I just, just last a little bit longer. We can go away and pretend this never, ever happened. But as a last-ditch effort, I prayed, God, I can't do what you're asking. But if you want me, you need to send someone to pray for me. The song was wrapping up, and guess what happened? There was a hand on my shoulder, I looked, and that was a, it was a lady named Teresa, and she was the prayer warrior in our group. You just know who those people are. She said, Danica, I feel like God wants me to pray for you. My condition was, if you want me, he wants me. That was my first experience of real community. I had tried many times before to confess my sins, just me and God, and that's a good place to start. But James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. God can do anything he wants. He doesn't need us. But he often chooses community to do it in. I don't know how that works. I, who knows? 
But it wasn't until I let myself be known by others that I began to actually feel and experience being known by God. It was always true, but that was when it changed. And my life changed from that fall camp. For the first time, I had a best friend. I had a mentor. I had a small group of girls who knew me and loved me. Getting married was a whole other experience of knowing and being known. Having a child was filled with unknowns, and yet a deep, deep love for my kid, just because he's mine. Being known and loved by God is a wonderful experience. So why do we hide? It's really not that hard to think why. If I'm fully known, then I should be ashamed. Or I should work hard to please him. That's also shame, but working hard for it. Shame comes back to the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve were hiding from God in their garden, hiding their vulnerabilities with little fig leaves. We do the same, don't we? Deep down, we know that we aren't living up to how God created us, who he created us to be. Another reason we hide is that we doubt God's creative intentions. God, why did you make me like this? That search for identity is so hard. I think a lot of creative people have trouble figuring out who they are apart from their works, good or bad. And we ask anybody, the world, our friends, our family, our peers, who we should be, when in fact God wants us to bring our questions to him. God, can you help me figure out who you created me to be? Can you tell me who I am? The answer is right here in our verse, verses 13 through 18. You knit me together. Oh, sorry. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before any of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake, I'm still with you. Did a Danica translation there. It's a call and response. I created your inmost being. And we respond, I praise you because of how I'm made. Hear God saying to you today, You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's because I made you. In 2020, everybody picked up a new hobby or an interest. My husband and I's new thing was a little nerdy. It was the Enneagram. If you've never heard of the Enneagram, I wrote in my notes, it's an ancient personality classification, like Myers-Briggs for monks. (laughs) It made sense to me. So you got it. You got it, right? I'm Enneagram 4, which is the intense creative or the individualist. After reading all of that, mine and other, the other numbers, everything just kind of made sense to me. I know it's not for everyone, but it just made sense. And so in response, I painted my plaster heart from college. It was about me discovering my artist heart and how God made me uniquely 
wonderfully, with no regrets. Here's what I wrote about it in a post. This is my artist statement to the world. A lot of my life has been spent feeling I was too fill-in-the-blank. Can you relate? Too emotional, too broken, too sensitive, too sad, too people-pleasy, too shy, too afraid, too different, too needy, too responsible, too old, too young, too broken. Something must be fatally wrong with me, my tender heart decided from a very early age. And can you hear that? It's that if I'm fully known, then God, why did you make me like this? So I hid my heart, refusing to express it. Like a lot of us, it's been a long journey of unlearning what needs to be unlearned. One big breakthrough came when I read The Road Back to You. That's a book about the Enneagram. I discovered all the twos came back to something essential about me. I have an artist heart. I have a unique gift for seeing the tragic and the beautiful at the same time. I'm uniquely able to be with others in their losses and grief and to wade with others into the deep of their emotions. And that's good. And that's a gift. This is for all you highly sensitive people and you Enneagrams out there. Your heart is not tragically flawed. We need your unique gifting. And most of all, we need you. This was my journey, personally. But God made all the Enneagrams and Myers-Briggs combinations that make up you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Just think about what God's birth announcement was for you when he made you. If you don't know, I, I made a sample just in case. Creator God carefully selected every color, image, and texture to create the beautiful work that is you. His knowledge of you is not apathetic vigilance from afar. It's based on loving care and deep desire for intimacy with you. Have you gotten far from your innocent newborn stage? Have you lived life messed up? Have you been damaged by others' actions or neglect? God made another birth announcement over his son, Jesus, when he came out of the waters of baptism. He said, this is my son. With him, I'm well pleased. Jesus is the forerunner of all renewed creation. Because of his perfect life, we are perfectly loved, regardless of the state of our imperfections. Yeah. We place our hearts in Jesus' hands and are given the power of resurrection life. And we are transformed and renewed and recreated by his power, his truth, and his love. God is not surprised at the direction your life has taken today. God knows us fully, and that makes a difference in our identity, in your identity as his creation, his child. If you truly believe this, how would that change your life, choices? I'm going to turn the tables on you a little bit. Guess what happened to my heart? It was 2021, just a year later, poetically, which I did kind of love, poetically, it broke. This is all what we're afraid of might happen if we entrust our whole hearts to Jesus, isn't it? 
I can hear the enemy whispering, see, he's not trustworthy. The reality is, though, that my heart was beautiful, but it was still made of plaster. It was fragile, rigid, easily moved. Time and again, I'm reminded that putting my treasure here on earth, even if it's God-given, isn't a long-term solution to my identity crises. If our identity is here instead of in Christ, when things happen to that treasure, we feel destroyed. Life has a way of breaking us, doesn't it? We know that all babies are fearfully and wonderfully made, but not all are born living or healthy. Children and parents die. Dreams die. People leave. People harm us. We experience physical and mental illness, and it leaves us asking, if I'm fully known, then God, why did you let that happen? Why don't you intervene? It's like we're asking God the artist, that's a beautiful creation, but I think you missed a few spots. What's that all about? Verses 19 through 22 feel abrupt, but we can't leave them out. I'll use my phone for that one. <laughs> if only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. You have to say it dramatically. Bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Whew. That's an odd section, isn't it? I was considering, do I like skip over that and just kind of continue? But there was something there, so I pursued it. It's just really odd until you remember that David wrote this. Before he became God's chosen king for his generation, he was a hunted man. His enemies were literally God's enemies. You can hear the desperation in his voice. God, if only you'd slay the wicked. Pastor Trevor has a, um, has a thought here to add. He, he says this verse can also be read as a confession of the hatred inside of him for his enemies. It's a confession of how he wants to slay his enemies instead of letting God bring about justice and renewal. What's the enemy you're facing today? Is it grief, addiction, violence, shame, lies, doubt, hatred, disease or cancer, broken relationships, depression, anxiety? Hear God saying to you today, I did not create those things. Your enemies are also my enemies. The invitation is to take careful care in our minds and our hearts to be God's friend, to stay on his side of the battle lines that he's drawn. He will slay my enemies for me. He will create something beautiful out of my darkness, my messes, and he'll do it with me or like Jonah, in spite of me. Because here's what I tried. I knew that the next step in this little heart series was to paint a new heart. So I started on canvas, because it's a little less breakable. 
I started in 2021, and my son came, and I was experiencing a whole other round of postpartum depression this time, and then old issues of identity that popped back up. And the more I worked on this painting, the darker, or in artist terms, the muddier it became. I was frustrated, and I just could not figure it out. Luckily, my husband has seen this happen to me before. He encouraged me to stop and to wait for God's timing. God knows us fully, and that makes a difference in our hurts. A renewed heart is his job, not ours. He has and will slay our enemies. Until then, despite all our hesitations, our fears are broken, bleeding on the floor, he requires our trust. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. Psalm 139, that's how it ends. I've been through a recent season of God-initiated, miraculous healing and human therapy, both. My therapist suggested painting a collaboration between myself and God. And I'll show you here. I brought it. (laughs) I was going to put that up there. Anyways, sorry. Here's where I'm at so far. And I really, it's interesting. I was like, well, God, do I keep going on it? Is there something more to go? And I just felt like he was saying, just stop. Who knows when you'll be finished? This is a work in progress, so am I. If God knows me fully, with him, I can face whatever comes. We're doing it together. It's like saying, God, you're the best artist. You make wonderful things. I want to learn from you, become more like you, collaborate with you in bringing beauty to the dark places in and around me. God knows us fully, and that makes a difference in our calling. My calling so far is as a woman, God's daughter, fearfully and wonderfully made. It's as a wife to Tony a mother to Alistair. Another part of my calling is to help people find the beauty and the light in broken places. Another calling is to lead Vine Arts and empower others to discover and live out their God-creative calling. That's really cool, to be honest. I like it. But I stumble all the time. And every stumble with Jesus becomes a reminder to my Enneagram 4 individualist self that I can't do it alone. I need the empowerment of the Spirit to rightly see, speak, act, and create. I need my fellow kingdom creatives to team up as a colorful army against the darkness that seizes hearts like ours. Because there's a war going on for our identities. Who am I? That's a normal question to ask, especially in youth, but the answer feels more and more confusing and unclear. How we see ourselves, our answers to that question of who am I, is of so much importance that the spiritual powers of heaven are actively warring to get us on their side. 
The good news is that there is only one winning side. And because of Jesus' death and his resurrection, we fight from a side of victory every time. We're wrapping up early today because I want to give us some time to press in to that victory and minister to the places where his victory hasn't yet become a reality. I'm just going to pause a second. I just... This is heavy. This is deep. This isn't flowers and rainbows. This is life and death. Choose life. I'm going to invite the worship team up while I compose myself. (laughs) The worship team, come on up. If we could dim the lights. Right where you're sitting, hunch over. You're not pious this time, you're honest. Hold your hands out. Picture your heart in your hands. Where's your heart at today? Is it pale and locked up? Is it beautifully painted but brittle inside? Is it shattered? Are you in the process of renewing your heart and inviting Holy Spirit into the collaboration? Take a minute here and talk quietly with Jesus and offer it up. Do business with him. I'll come back in a second. God, search our hearts. Cleanse our mind of all the things we created, but you didn't create. Make us into the children you made us to be. And bring the prayer team up to the front. If you're on the prayer team or you just want to pray for people today, come on up. (laughs) We're going to do some ministry up front here. If you're online... I'm really glad you're here. But I challenge you, if you're able to come and you've just been making those virtual walls around you, it's time to come. You can comment if you are there and you need some prayer or email prayer at vineyardboise.org and a real life person will call you this week. That might be a really big deal, but do it, okay? We'll proceed with people in the room here. So all of us at some point have had to face a crossroads of death on either side. Let me tell you from my story, I saw that crossroads of death in another point in my depression struggle. I saw that that crossroads again. Jesus brought it back and I saw a hill behind it. And then I felt God kind of lift me up to see what was on the other side of that hill. And I saw the crossroads, they went like this and they converged up towards Jesus. I 
kind of giggled. It was a heavy image, but I giggled because that showed me that no matter what I would have chosen at that moment, God would still have gotten me. All of us have to face that crossroads. At one point, it's a death to self or a death in the world, and we get to choose what's next. If there's anyone here whose heart doesn't belong to Jesus, there's so much more for you. He's out to pursue you. He's not going to let you go. Here's what giving your heart to Jesus sounds like. God, I want to be your child. I want to live the life you created for me, face the world and all of its brokenness with you. Here's your opportunity to give your heart to Jesus, whether it's the first time or you're coming back after having wandered. I'm going to ask a brave thing of you. Would you come to the front? Would you let it be known to others that you're in need of God? Come on up here. You remember my story. I wasn't even brave enough to do that. God still found me. Coming to the front isn't magic. It's just a tiny step in a lifelong journey of becoming fully known by others and by God. Anyone who hasn't yet surrendered your heart to Jesus, but you want that, will you come forward or raise your hand in your seat if it's a struggle? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The prayer team, you can go ahead and surround them. Thank you. Get the names. Pray, pray with me. God, I surrender my muddy and broken heart to you. I confess the ways I've tried to ignore and repair it on my own. And right now in this moment, I look to Jesus who gave his perfect heart in exchange for mine so that I could be made new. I declare that he is the rightful king of my life and I surrender my heart to you, God. Make beautiful things out of me. Lead me in your way everlasting. If we have any words of prayer, go ahead and put that up on the screen. If your heart is broken, if you desire to be known, you're welcome here too. You come on up, this is your turn. If you're struggling with deep loneliness or isolation, it's your God-given identity wrapped up by lies. Come on up. If you're experiencing mental illness or other struggles that are invisible outside but affect the heart, come on up. You want to sit in your seat and hunch over like I did. That's okay too. Jesus knows what you're dying, you're going through. He died for you and he cares deeply for what's been happening. Ezekiel 30 in the NLT says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away 
and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Surrender your hands to him and let's have everybody stand up. This is a surrender moment. Wherever you're at, if a front or your chair, wherever you wanna be, just do that. If he's having you kneel down, that's fine. Jesus, we stand before you with hearts desperate for your renewal, with minds and bodies desperate for your healing. Only you can do this work, God. You created us fearfully and wonderfully. Restore us, God. Let your restoration reach every intimate, hidden part, because no part is hidden to you. Remove us from our self-made lives. Bring us into healthy and honest relationships with your children gathered here today. We choose to allow ourselves to be known by others, even as we're fully known by you. We're done hiding, God. Remove masks, destroy walls that we've built to keep us safe. Bring heaven to our hearts and lives today. In Jesus' name, I release healing and sanity and anointing over those gathered here. Come, Lord Jesus, do what you want. You have the right. Over everyone gathered here in this room, God, would you cleanse our generation of the lies that culture feeds us, falsely telling us who we are and whose we are. Would you announce truth over us in a tangible way? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Would you raise us up into maturity, into holiness, into identity and calling to bring your hope to the next generation? God, would you raise up an army of creative people who know you, who live in their God-given identity, and who willingly step into the darkness to bring your light and your life. Thank you, God. I'm gonna finish out this song with lyrics. You need to come up if you've been feeling that. Just come on up. It's not scary. It's not as scary as you think. It is scary. It's fine. I came up. You can do it. We're going to sing and I'll come back.
who prayed for me what was going on. I couldn't even cry at that point. I was completely stopped up. It was stone-faced. As I walked away from that camp, I knew I had work to do, and I knew what it was. God was asking me to tell my story to others. He was asking me to share my darkness. Now, there's a caution here. We don't just go everywhere and it out to anyone who will listen. I mean, sometimes that does happen. We find trusted people who can lead us. Look around you and see people, what they're doing. Think, who do I want to follow after as they follow Jesus? Find those people. Ask them to get together with you and share with them. we could put up that last slide that I've got here. I thought it was important to share with you a couple of opportunities to be known or to work on your inmost being. Okay, if we leave here today and we don't do anything next, there's no point. Our hearts belong to Jesus, but it's a collaboration. We've got a role to play. Maybe you've heard of CR convention from the front, but if you're not involved, it's kind of hard to be like, okay, how do I, how do I jump in? Let me tell you. <laughs> so CR is a, Wednesday, or a, a Friday night thing, and then throughout the year, they offer step studies. Start with Fridays. What you do, you show up. <laughs> right? I got my people nodding. Yeah, yeah, I see them. Find, find them on the front here. They're all here too. Yeah. You show up on a Friday, okay? 
the times are there, the groups are there. Right after um, all the beginning stuff all together, you break into groups according to your issues. Amen. If there's not an issue group for you, you go into mixed issues, okay? <laughs> there's newcomer groups every week. There's literally no reason not to show up this Friday. Another way you can get involved is untying the knots. Okay, this is an amazing class. This is going to be offered starting on Wednesdays. And there's two sessions. There's a fall session, and then after the new year, the second session. That's a big commitment, but so is your heart. Okay, you're worth it. If you're curious about um, untying the knots, Mick and Chris Fairchild are going to be out in Heritage Hall um, have, with a table, and they can tell you more about it today. Begin and Belong is next Sunday, and that's a great place to start. Okay, begin by belonging. So start, let your face not be just one of the many. Show up after church on Sunday, okay? If any of these scare you, it's probably a sign that you need to do it. Show up faithfully, bring your heart, and let God do the rest. If you need prayer, um, we're gonna continue up here. It's fine. But otherwise, bless you, church. And go make the invisible God visible. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.